Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. The life was manifested. That Greek word literally means, it means the absolute fullness of life, that which belongs to God. It is the life of those in this world who put their trust in Christ and also after the resurrection, when we have our new body, in in our eternal state, it speaks of that life too. So it's a very broad paintbrush of life in all of its intentions, all of its ideas. Today on Truth in Christ Radio, John writes, The life was manifested. Welcome to our Bible study for today. Expressing the fact that life was manifested indicates an actual physical person appeared to us. This was no fairy tale and no once upon a time story. This was real and John tells us about it as an eyewitness. He also repeated the idea expressed in his first words of this letter that Jesus himself is eternal and therefore God. As Christians, we must always remember that Jesus reminds us that he is God, as he tells us in John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 9. And he says, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. The Sunday before last, we looked at the very first verse of, of 1 John chapter 1. And, and you know, this, this letter is significant. It's significant. Because John, um, who wrote this epistle, um, he was combating a, a, a number of things or trying to warn the church. And remember, this letter was written in 90 A.D., which was some 60 years after the day of Pentecost and some 20 years after the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem by the Romans. And so John is writing this letter to the church that had been uh, dispersed all around Asia Minor. All those churches that Paul addressed in his letters, the Galatians, the Ephesians, all those churches, John is now writing a general letter to all those same people. And he's writing to them for at least four things. Number one is to encourage them in their fellowship, in their relationship with God to encourage them in their fellowship, their relationship with God, and also to encourage them in the things that they had already heard, the things that they already know. We need to be encouraged in the things that we have already been instructed in, that we already know to be true. We need to be continually encouraged in that because everything around us is trying to infiltrate and to pull away from the truth of God's word and who he is and his, what he has done for us and what he's, going, he's continuing to do and what he's got going for us in the future, the great plan that he has for our life. So important that we encourage each other. And certainly John is doing that to them, encouraging them in the things that they already know. 
and to warn them of the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist. The Antichrist we know as a, as a figure, it's a man who is coming on the scene somewhere in the future. We don't know. He may be alive and kicking today, and he might not even know anything about any of this. The Antichrist is not this person who was born and with a horns and tail, knowing that he's going to be the man of lawlessness. He doesn't know. He's a, he could be a normal politician. He could be a normal man today walking around, certainly not even believing the word of God, not even caring about the word of God, but there's a moment where he is going to rise to prominence, whoever this man is, and John is warning of that man. And not only that man, but the spirit of Antichrist, which is the spirit of, not, the, not of the Lord Jesus Christ, but the spirit of Satan himself. Deceiving and, de- and being deceived and deceiving others. And he's warning against the spirit of Antichrist, which he said even back then when he wrote this in 90 AD that it was already in the world, alive and kicking, doing very well, spreading disinformation, spreading lies, spreading heresy. And certainly one of the heresies that John was concerned about was this false doctrine and this heresy known as Gnosticism. Gnosticism is a, uh, a variant, really. It, it, it speaks of a system of knowledge in opposition to Christianity, which combined a lot of different things. It wasn't just one thing. It was a combination of things. Eastern mysticism, it included philosophy and other sources. Everything that was not of God came into this. And it was varied. It could be one thing and morph into something else. But the king of it all was knowledge, gnosis. The king of knowledge. Knowledge being the the king of everything. And we live in those days, folks, because our colleges and universities, they're not bad in a sense of uh, of learning. Learning is actually good, but it's what they're teaching that's bad. Not everything, by the way, but there are some things that are directly opposed to the Word of God. And they uphold that more than they uphold the truth of who Jesus is, and certainly the Word of God. So there's a problem there. A direct conflict with who God is and what His Word tells us. So John is sharing these things to combat those things. Gnosticism. And so let's actually read the very first four verses. We looked at the first verse, the day or the week before last, and let's just read the first four verses, which is probably all we're going to get through today, and we'll take communion together. Let's look at it together. It says, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning who? The word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father and was manifested to us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full that your joy may be full. Notice John says, that which is from the beginning, that, the word that is literally a person. It's literally a a person. The one he's talking about is Jesus, the Logos, the, the, the very representation of God. That which was from the beginning. Well, who was there in the beginning? Before the beginning began, before Genesis 1, where it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Who was there before that statement was made? Who was there before that was spoken into existence? Well, there is one, the Logos, Jesus Christ. 
He is the very thought of God, the very expression of God. Significant. And notice, it's like John is taking a stick and he's poking in the eye this heresy of Gnosticism because the Gnostics believed that Jesus wasn't just, that they believed he was a man, but they didn't believe he was God. Or, or they believed he, was, he might have been God, but he certainly wasn't a, a fully man. And so they had this warped view of who he was, but Jesus is fully man and he's fully God. A man had to die in our place. And this man was a holy man of God. He was none other than the Son of God, God himself, incarnate. Jesus died on the cross, but they denied that. They said that he must have been an apparition. He must have been a ghost. He must have been a phantom. And that's why this is so important when he says, which we have heard. You don't hear a ghost. A ghost doesn't speak audible words. A ghost is not something that's seen or handled. You can't, you can't hold a ghost. You can't handle a ghost. Anybody handle a ghost? Hopefully not in this room. That'd be pretty weird. Which we have handled concerning the word of life, concerning this Logos. We have seen him, we've heard him, we've touched him, we know him. And he goes on in verse 2 and he says, The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. This word life, I want you to underline in verse 1 and in verse 2, two phrases, word of life and eternal life. Underline those two phrases, word of life, and then in verse 2, eternal life, because they're speaking of one and the same. They're speaking of Jesus Christ. He is the word of life. He is the Logos of Zoe. Anybody here with the name of Zoe? There's a little girl who came to VBS, and, she, and I, I looked at her, and I said, I don't, I, said, I don't remember you. I said, what's your name? She said, Zoe. And I said, do you know what your name means? And she goes, life. I said, you're right. Your name means life, and we're going to look at that. Because when it says here, the life was manifested, that Greek word literally means, it means the absolute fullness of life, that which belongs to God. It is the life of those in this world who put their trust in Christ, and also after the resurrection, when we have our new body, in, in our eternal state, it speaks of that life too. So it's a very broad paintbrush of life in all of its intentions, all of its ideas, the very fullness of life, the very life of God. And so when he says, the life was manifested, certainly Jesus Christ was manifested to us. And John is speaking of himself and to also those who were alive at the time. Remember in John chapter 14, verse 6, what did Jesus say to his disciples? He says, I am the way, and this is one that we know so well. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. When he says the life, he's using the same exact word, Zoe, which means I'm the fullness of life. I am the only way, the only truth, and the only life. That's who Jesus is. You recall also in John chapter 11 when, when Lazarus was resurrected, that Jesus said to his sister, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, Lord, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. There the word is again. I am the life. I'm the fullness of life. There is no life apart from Christ. He says, he who believes in me, though he may die physically, he shall live eternally. That's what he means. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, yes, Lord, I believe. Notice that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. 
You are God in the flesh, Jesus. You are equal with God the Father. And you know, there's so many churches today that aren't teaching that. So many, so many places that aren't teaching that Jesus is God when he clearly is. Otherwise, why do we, why do we worship him? Jesus received worship. You remember when John was being spoken to by the angel in the, in the book of Revelation, and John was so blown away by the splendor, by the radiance of this angel, that he, just being in awe, fell to his knees and began to just sob and, 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 and worship. And the angel lifted him up and says, I too am a fellow servant. Rise, worship God, worship him alone. An angel doesn't receive worship unless he's the wrong angel. And we know who he is. Satan, Lucifer, he'll gladly receive your worship. But an angel will not receive worship. But Jesus would receive worship. He is Almighty God. There is no life, there is no life that was manifested outside of Christ. He is life. And life without him in this world is empty. It's empty and pointless, without purpose. You know, people who don't know the Lord today... Are making uh, many are making all kinds of money, and have you heard people claiming, "I'm living the life, living the life, living the dream"? Really, are you living the life? It's an amazing thing to consider because you know you can live your life in the flesh and have all the money and all the toys, and you see the bumper stickers: "He who has the most toys wins." Really. Is that what life is really all about? Isn't there more to life than going to school, getting a job, getting married, having some kids, making all the money you can, living for the flesh, spend most of it and go into debt, develop cancer, and then die, and then have your kids and your relatives fight and hate each other over their inheritance? Is that reality? It is. I've seen it in my own family And I know we're no different than any other family. We're just as dysfunctional as many other families. But I've seen that. Is that what life is really all about? Have you gotten to that place where you've lived a comfortable life and went on vacations and trips and had experiences and you thought to yourself, there has to be more. There has to be more than this. There's got to be more to this life. How does anyone live today outside of Christ? I have no idea. Where would I be today without Jesus? Where would you be today without Jesus, with that life? The life was manifested. Jesus Christ was manifested. And we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. This word manifested in verse 2 literally means to render apparent. To render apparent. To make visible or known what has been hidden or unknown. That's what the word means. His life was currently was, was unknown, and he made himself known to us. That's the great God that we serve. He didn't want to just be in the shadows. He didn't just want to be this unknown entity, this unknown force somewhere. No, God made sure that we could look and see and hear and handle him. He had to come, and he had to pay the price for you and me, for our sin. In John chapter 1, it says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word means literally tabernacled among us. Of course Jesus existed before he was born in the womb of Mary. He existed for eternity past, before he was incarnate, before he took on flesh, before the Spirit of God spoke and planted that seed in Mary's womb and she bore the Son of God. 
Before then, he was always in existence. But the word became flesh. This is the very verse that got Pastor Jeff saved. This was the very verse that clinched it for him. He had heard about the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And then in verse 14, he read that verse, and it was over for him. The search was over. Something clicked. Something just hit him like a, like a freight train. The word, whoever this word is, now is a person. This word became flesh and dwelt among us. We know from the incarnation. Read Luke chapter 1 and chapter 2. <laughs> it speaks of the incarnation of Jesus. And here in a few months, wow, it just seems like just yesterday we celebrated Christmas and we're coming upon it again. We're going to read about it again. In John chapter 1, it says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. This life. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Isn't that the awful thing, that light has come, and men would rather choose darkness than to choose light? And that's because of our old nature, this nature that we were born with, a corrupt nature that is bent on rebellion. It's, it's, it's consumed with sin, and I'm so glad that God saved me. I'm so glad that Jesus saved me. Are you still glad for your salvation? Are you still amazed beyond belief that God rescued you from a life that could be spent far from him in eternal torment? And he saved you and me, that we would not see or spiritual death, which lasts for eternity, by the way. It is not a pretty place. It's a place of fire. It's a place of torment. And you will have a body outfitted for eternity that can withstand the flames of hell. That is a horrible thing. And God says, I don't want that. It's not my will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance through my Son, Jesus Christ. In verse 2 there it says, the life was manifested. We've seen and we've heard and we bear witness and declare to you that eternal life. Remember that word I had you underline? Well, that word eternal life literally means aeonios. And this word is literally without beginning and without end. That which has always been and always will be. It's the Greek word aeonios. Eternal life. Aeonios zoe. <laughs> Eternal life, it's always been and it always will be. Jesus is the uncreated one. No one created him. He's the one who did the creating. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Read Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. It talks about, by him and for them, for him were they created. All things that were created. Nothing was created that he didn't know about. He created all things. And even though he was incarnate, he ever lived before he created the heavens and the earth. In 1 John chapter 5, which is in this very epistle that we're reading, it says that we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true. Are you in Christ? Do you know that he is true, his Son Jesus Christ? And it says this is the true God and eternal life, Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament prophets, in Micah chapter 5, this is a verse we know very well. Verse 2, it says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, this prophecy that had been given hundreds of years before Jesus would be born, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one, capital O, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are what? From of old, from everlasting. 
Jesus Christ from everlasting. He is the uncreated one. He is the eternal life. In John chapter 17, you remember when Jesus uh, spoke in the upper room right before he was arrested. He spoke these words. He lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may also glorify you. As you have given him authority over all flesh. Over all flesh. That he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life. Notice, he defines eternal life again. That they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus himself, reminding them that he is the eternal, he is eternal life. Going on to verse 3, it says, That which we, notice the word we, I would encourage you to underline these, these pronouns. <laughs> and we have seen and heard I'm sorry, that which we have seen and heard, notice, we declare to you, John including himself in this, that you also may have fellowship with us, with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And I love this because John is saying, that which we have seen, that which we have heard, come and have fellowship with us. Have fellowship. He's not giving them stories or fables. You know, I I really dislike the idea of even the phrase Bible stories because it makes it sound like there's fiction involved. When we think of a story, I think of Rapunzel. I think of Pinocchio. These are fiction. This is Disney. But a Bible story is, I hate the term, it's, it's, it's Bible facts. It's real history. Bible history. I mean, we don't have to be dogmatic and legalistic about this, but I think you understand my point. Because when I think of a story, I think of something that's fiction. But when we read the Bible, we're reading about real life. We're reading about real people and real places and time. They are not stories. He says, we have seen it. We have heard it. It's not just some fable. And and John is saying these things to the church that they might have fellowship first with God the Father and with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we certainly have fellowship among each other. We're going to look at that word fellowship here shortly because we're on the same page. As Christians, we are on the same page. We, we believe in the essentials. If we are abiding in, in Christ and reading his word, we all are on the same page. That's why you can go from here and you can go to China. You can go to Guam. You can go to anywhere in the world and where there is a body of believers who are holding true to the word of God, you have instant fellowship because we can talk about things that are here and we all, our minds are on the same page. Our hearts are all united. And you may have never met them before, but that's the beautiful thing about the unity of the body of Christ. We will love the things that Jesus loves and we'll hate the things that he hates because we have the same divine nature indwelling each one of us. We see things the same way. Remember Jesus in John chapter 3, he said, that which is born of, 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 of flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. We're all born physically but we need to be reborn. We need to be born again. We need to be born from above and that's what that is talking about. We are born of the Spirit of God. And you know, we often use the term brainwashing. You know, in our culture, when I think of the term brainwashing, it often has a, a negative connotation, doesn't it? Does it not? When you say brainwashing, that's, we always use that in a negative connotation. But let me suggest to you that I love to be brainwashed. I need to be brainwashed, and so do you. 
And, and that may sound kind of weird coming from a platform, but let me tell you, the greatest washing we can uh, uh, go through is the washing of the water of the Word of God. I need for my brain, my heart, my mind. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.